um, while I was 23, I was still smart enough to know what I didn't know. Right. And I was like, look, I have not shot effects before. I am not going to be, um, I'm not going to be smart enough to be able to learn that quickly enough to do what we're doing here. And so I was like, Bob, I need you to help me with this. You got to help me. And, and, and Bob just knows his shit, plain and simple. <laughs> no um, and, and it, and it, what was amazing. I mean, we had, we had really, we had just met on that movie uh, in pre-production and within days, I felt so completely comfortable and felt such an instant brotherhood with Bob that I was like, if there's anybody I'm going to trust in this world, it's Bob Kurtzman. So, um, mm. so that made things much easier for me. Here's the thing. As I progressed off pretty quickly on that. And then, and then because there was something almost every day to do, yeah. you know, that was a co complicated, it, you know, we, we had that second hand in it. It was really a, a fun time where, you know, we were, actually having fun on a movie i know i know you had issues because you're dealing with the studio and all that i didn't have those issues i had just had to deal with you <laughs> yep no honestly i look i had a great time shooting jason goes to hell like the, the the thing you know while the studio was fine the studio was actually okay it was really more sean cunningham who, who's just just not a nice guy um but the <laughs> thing on but but think about sean and really to give the devil their due sean is excellent line producer when it comes to like having stuff on set for you to do what you have to do there's nobody better than sean cunningham he's just really good at it and so as a line producer he put a woman named debbie cass in charge debbie cass was the one who was sort of the day-to-day -day operations between the two of them it never had an issue with like what needs to happen on my set and sean just wasn't there he didn't give a shit he just wasn't there <laughs> So there's like this whole thing about like Sean coming in to reshoot stuff that I had shot. It, none of that is true. It just didn't happen. He wasn't around. Um, and so Bob and I got to be kids in a candy store. Like we, like anything we could dream up. And, and actually it was, it was awesome because, you know, Bob and Howard Berger, um, who Bob is wearing a shirt uh, advertising Howard Berger's uh, fantastic book on makeup effects, um, on the history of makeup effects. Um, those two guys were kind of, um, they were the mad scientists of what went down on set. They just were. They were the guys who created all of the, um, the designs uh, along with people like John Bisson. And, you know, like they had this incredible team of artists. But Bob and Howard were the, were the, the chief artists in charge of every piece of illusionary technical work that happened on that movie. Like soup to nuts. Right. Um, so much so that even when it came time to bring in like we, we did, we did these um, effects in the movie that now you could do on digital on your home computer. Back then, it was like a just an insane process. They were the guys who introduced me to Al Magliacetti, who was the guy who created all of that magic. So truly, they were so my pipeline to everything creative. And here's what's amazing about that. Um I became friends with, with, with Bob, of course, and, and also with Howard to the extent that we would all get each other so excited about shit that we wanted to do on the movie that, that nobody had given him enough money to do. Like, <laughs> there was not enough money to make this movie the way we wanted to make it. Here's what's awesome. So Nicotero was sort of the purse strings guy, right? Right. And so 
he would be the oh i love that the train's coming through yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no that's awesome are you kidding um everybody knows I was doing my homework for the show and listening to some podcast bob had been on and i heard him say you'll probably hear this train come through <laughs> you know you're talking to bob and marcy when the train comes through so here's the thing um uh, Greg was the purse strings guy and, and Bob and Howard were the dreamers along with me. And, um, I, I convinced them enough to do shit that they should never have been doing on the budget we had where <laughs> by the, there were times when Nicotero would come up to me and be like, okay, dude, I can't let you in the shop anymore because I can't afford <laughs> this movie. You're killing us on this movie. Um, you were, you were it's really true. When, when you did that movie, you were like 21 years old, right? I was I was 21 when I got the job. I was 23 when I directed the movie. And, and so, Bob, how old were you on that movie? Because you can't be much. You got to be close to the same age as Adam, right? We are. What what, what year was it? 91, 90? 92 was when we shot. Two, right? Yeah. Yeah, you visited the set of Army of Darkness. In so you were 28. Right, 91 is when I came yeah. to Army of Darkness. Yep. You were, you were 27. So, yeah, I was like 28. So how, how old were you when you when you got your start in this? Then you had to be really young. Because Army of Darkness is a few. Years I was I started when I was nineteen. Nineteen, nice. Nineteen eighty four. And Marcy, did you also work on Jason Goes to Hell or no? No, I started when I was fifty. Fifty. <laughs> so my next question was, how did you guys meet? How did you two um, meet? We've actually known each other since kind of kindergarten. Yeah. So kindergarten, nice. Yeah. I know you guys are both Northeast Ohio guys, right? We grew up in the same small town and graduated a year apart and um, had art classes together, which was mortifying. Let's not go into that, um, you know, because I thought I was an artist until this guy came into class. Um, I'm tired of hearing that story. Yeah, I know. I could have told him about uh, all the shit you did, but it's OK. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I, we both kind of grew up monster kids, though. She was always into monster movies as well. Yeah, my mom, and like three years old, like, she she caught me watching like a Bella Lugosi back and black and white movie. Nice. And and she's like, Marcy, what are you doing? And I'm I'm sitting there riveted, going, I I see the man, he's coming, you know. And I was like, and was, I remember a woman in a bed and a um french doors open and the curtains were blowing and he was outside coming off the balcony into the room and i was just like <laughs> and that was it you know so after that i went to um uh, abbott costello kind of funny horror and also um godzilla because i have an older brother and we were watching the same shows um friday night was uh, our horror host night and saturday morning was another horror host and um, if so, we got lucky, there was a replay on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. So we said we just didn't know each other well enough in high school because we were both sitting in front of the TV. Pretty every much. Weekend. That was my weekend. I, <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So every movie we could because we didn't have digital at the time. Yeah. So we had to we look had to at the it. TV guide and figure out what was coming out. And then. Oh, yeah. Same. Sure or you went to the so. movie, the movie, the rental place that, that doesn't exist anymore. By the way, I do have to correct one thing, though. Marcy said she came to him when, when she's 50. She's a stinking liar because, oh. because there's no way that she's anywhere near 50 as of this moment. So <laughs> I'm not buying, I'm not buying any I know, of stories. I think the two of them came up with this whole fake history about knowing each other since they were kids. Yeah, exactly. I would love to do that, but I have a big birthday in um, just a couple weeks and I'm sure. going to be 60. 
Sure. It's insane. I'm, yeah. I'm She's just, a vampire, I'm, Rick. She's a vampire. My, my dad's genetics. That's all. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's genetics. Okay. Yeah, um, we were talking the other day to set this up. And we were talking about, because she used to live in Cleveland, things around Cleveland said, well, I'm a little bit older than you. And it's like, well, you can't be that much older than me, because I'm in my mid-40s, you know? Yeah. No, no, no. It's <laughs> it does not look anywhere near 60. <laughs> it's okay. ridiculous. Yeah. Now I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Don't when you get, yeah. It's the ring light. <laughs> She's got the Sybil Shepherd filter on that side of the camera. Um, no, when, yeah, there's an app going thing, right now. Here, here's the problem. Bob and I both are are married to women that so defy their ages that now we're Absolutely. looking we're looking like the dirty old men that pick up the hot girls. <laughs> that's that's like, it. That's a little it. bit. It's yeah. a little over the top. Yeah. I'm just just gonna put that out there. It's She's a yeah. By the way, by the way, I met Marcy. I met Marcy on the set of Secret Santa. Um, actually, that's where we physically met. I met her um, two months earlier than that at the mm -hmm. end of november uh 2015 i met marcy on the phone um and it is amazing like <laughs> bob and i had spoken he'd read the script and i told him i had no money i, <laughs> that. I was like dude i said listen i i am not going to go to anybody before i go to you with anything like this there's no way right so i'm bringing it to you i totally understand if you say no but I love this movie. I think we're going to do something really cool here. I have no money. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. what does that mean? I said, no, no, no. I'm not like being cute no money. about it. I have no money. I have nothing. the budget if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'm like, there's really just nothing, right? <laughs> and and so, so Bob, so I was smart enough to get Bob on the phone first, not Marcy. So uh, Bob read it called me back literally an hour and a half later. Like he read it. I sent it. He read it. Okay. He calls me an hour and a half later. He's like, I'm in. Uh, says, as long as you can get me and my assistant. Cause they were, they were, they were just working together at that point. Okay. You can get me and my assistant, you know, there put us up, feed us. I was like, dude, of course done. I then told him, I then asked cause he, cause I was on a roll. I asked, Hey, want to shoot second camera? And Bob literally said to me, man, now I feel like I should be paying you. I was like, oh, this is awesome. But wait, then Bob says, okay, so call Marcy and set everything up. She's the one who, you know, coordinate everything. I said, great. I call her up. And then the hammer comes down. And I am telling you, I was on the phone for like two hours on my first call with Marcy. I was like, God damn. So she, she, she runs the house, right? Like, <laughs> Bob is like again, like we're we're kindred spirits. So Bob is like this guy who like runs around throwing, you know, clay at the walls and doing doing like the mad scientist shit. And Marcy's like, yeah, okay. So here's what we need for the flight. And and I'm telling you, it's awesome. It's awesome actually because um because the minute that I spoke with her, I kind of was like, wow. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get around her the way I got around Greg. Um, and, <laughs> and two, two, um, I, I, I actually was like, my buddy is protected. Mm -hmm. And that's a really cool thing. That's yeah. a really cool thing because a, a lot of our industry, um, our industry can be very um, manipulative oh, and absolutely. not for, not for good, not in a good way. 
And you, you really always need, and look, you know, if there, there have been times in my, my career when I've had a good manager and a good agent, they're, they're rare moments, but I've had them. Um, and when you have someone who's good, they gatekeep in a way that helps, that really does make the world easier to navigate and that you don't get screwed all the time. And so when I met Marcy, I was kind of like, okay, cool. Bob's got somebody in his corner. He's not going to get screwed. And that was pretty spectacular. So I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm singing Marcy's praises just from a business oh, standpoint. Yeah, Artistically, you, she's no. fucking great. So that, that, no. no, yeah, yes, this is true. But you know how many times she does, she'll book something or something and then go, oh, by the way, uh, this is what we're doing on Saturday or you know, next week we have <laughs> this thing we're doing. And I'm like, Fuck that! I, I'm not doing that. You, know? so, you have to yeah. to stay relevant. You have to be relevant to be relevant. You have to stay relevant. I'm sorry, that's the she way. Knows, she knows oh. when you, she knows when you got to eat your vegetables, brother. I'm just, just telling you. Just telling you. So you need to listen. Hey, listen. Mine, mine is literally above my head right now. She's yeah. right there. You know, trust me. Listening in on this and taking notes. <laughs> um, that's good. I'm so glad you remember that because I the oh, yeah. first time that I meet a lot of people, yeah. I hear that um and on the phone or whatever, I yeah. hear um holy shit, that was difficult or whatever. And I'm yeah. like, I maybe I'm doing my job, but I'm really big on vetting and, yes. and oh, yeah. making sure people are legitimate because yeah. so many times I've gotten crazy bullshit emails yes. for yes. him, and I'm like what it just crazy well, stuff you know yeah, what because imagine. because our 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 industry our part of the industry horror movies because it is the gateway because so many people start in horror and because so many yeah. kind of horror fans want to make movies like they're mm -hmm. so motivated to do that there's a lot of people who try to sell you a really good story about what they've got how much money what they're right. doing what they're working on and part of that I get is the salesman thing. You have to do it. Like I was that kid. I, mm -hmm. I and Bob was that kid. Bob started when he was 19 for fuck's sake. <laughs> so you, you don't have anything when you're 19. All you've got is your brain. And if it's, a, if it's good enough brain, you can sometimes fool people into hiring you or trusting you to do something. The problem is there's very few people who can actually pull it off at that age. Yes. And trust me, it actually yeah, gets yeah, worse yeah. when they're double that age. <laughs> so, um, so we were talking about Cleveland, which makes me think of Bob Clark and his movie, um, Christmas Story, and his horror movie, which was, uh, oh my God, Black Christmas. Black Christmas, brother. And yeah. me and my wife the other day, we think of you as a modern day Bob Clark, because you got two kind of holiday movies, but Let It Snow and, of course, Secret Santa. Mm -hmm. My wife's more into those lifetime-y kind of movies. So I get it. We watched that together. We had a good time in it. And to me, when I watched it, it really seemed like you and your brother had a, just a fabulous time making that movie. You guys looked like you had so much fun while you were making it. And um, yeah, I just, I just, I really came across with that movie. And speaking of Kip Marcus, yeah. <laughs> so in um, Jason Goes to Hell, you guys chopped his head off in that movie. And Robert, you made the head for that movie. Sure so this movie was shot on a $30,000 budget, um, Secret Santa, right? Yes. Am I right about the money? 30 grand all in. So uh, a severed head's pretty expensive. So you uh, decided to just retool <laughs> Kip's head. Well, 
for the I film. didn't let Bob know what what had happened was Bob had gone through the through the film and broken down all the effects, which is what he does every time we we go to make a movie together. He'll he, that's the first thing is he'll break mm -hmm. it down so that we can budget it. Or or Marcy does that right. now. I'm sure we both do it because I yeah. even highlight the script. We work on it together. Then she'll yes. type it up, and then we go over each thing, and then we type in our little block of how we would achieve it. You know what I mean? We kind of like, kind of like we, yeah. discuss it. We we not really argue, but I'm like, listen, they have no money. We need to do it this way. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. right, yeah. right. But anyway, sometimes she's right, like to, to make one of those heads. I mean, how how expensive is it? Oh, a, a yeah. really good fake head. I mean, on, on a low range, you're talking ten grand on a and, yeah, that's what and, I thought. You know, on a high end, you're like fifteen, fifteen, to twenty. Yeah. Well, you're working with thirty k. I mean, this was a, a blessing, I'm sure. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, that, it, that head was, was a, originally mechanical too. It, it oh yeah, had movement yep. stuff in it, and although it does, it doesn't really work anymore. I think it's broken. <laughs> The jaw, the jaw can, the jaw still has its hinge in it, so it can be moved because right. I had Nate move it so it would, you know, facilitate. Um, <laughs> Don't ever say that together again. Um, but, but here's the thing, Bob. So Bob, Bob, we, we go through everything, and Bob says, he says, "Listen, I, I got, I got a way to make all this stuff work." And he was already adding stuff that I wasn't even thinking about. That I was like, "Okay, let's do mm -hmm. that too." Um, but then he's like, "Okay, but." Then we get to the head. And I was like, oh, don't worry about the head. He's like, what do you mean don't worry about the head? It's the most expensive effect in the whole movie. Like, what do you mean don't worry about I said, just don't worry about the head. Trust me. Just trust me on the head. He's like, okay. I said, I got it covered. He's like, you're sure? I said, yes. The head we're good with. We're good. We got to Big Bear, and I literally brought one of those white Filofax boxes mm -hmm. and handed it. To Bob, like I was like, here's 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 our solution, and he opened it up, and his reaction was so magical. It really was when he opened <laughs> up and saw the head because I've kept it in really good condition. And yeah. the other thing is, wasn't Jason Gostel the first movie you guys used? Um, you guys went to silicone, right? Now that's not a silicone head. Oh. I believe, if I recall, that's a hot melt vinyl head. Is it really? Oh, okay. Um, so okay. yeah, I'm. I think it's a hot melt vinyl head. Okay. Because it was either urethane or that back then, or latex, which looks half time it shrinks too much. And you right, know, it wasn't latex. Because yeah, latex would probably be done, right? Yeah, you were you were thrilled. You I, I, I still have um, the chest plate you made of Drew Barrymore for Doppelganger. Nice. Um. Cool. And that was latex, and it is like it's your yeah, it's grandma's boobies. Yeah. <laughs> it is not. It is not Drew Barrymore anymore. Yeah, um, I'm almost positive that was a hot melt vinyl head, uh, which nobody likes to use anymore. But uh, it's very toxic. But toxic, yeah. uh, if you remember when we were kids, if you if you ever smelled the hot melt vinyl in a studio and someone using it, and I've smelled it and went, "Oh my God, who's making creepy crawlers?" Yeah. Right, because. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. All us kids were playing with toxic chemicals on the back porch, <laughs> making rubber monsters, rubber, you know, spiders and shit when we were kids. Yeah. Right? Uh, and it was, and then at that point, 
someone told me how bad it was yeah. for you. And I'm like, that's why they took it off the market. You bet. <laughs> somebody seen somebody. Uh, gelatin. And then they yeah. did the gelatin for the incredible like, edibles. Yeah. 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 Yep. I just told my sister how toxic it was, yeah. like Thanksgiving. And oh, she's man, like, you'd what? sit on your back porch totally closed in. Oh, yeah. Making those things all oh, yeah. the time. Yeah. And that was deadly. Yeah. Yep. That's <laughs> yep. just amazing. But, so, no, yeah. so Bob, so Bob had made it with this material that wasn't going to break down. Right. And so when he got a hold of it, he, Michael Rady came in. We had photo, he, uh, Marcy took pictures of all the cast. So mm -hmm. they had all these photos. And uh, and Bob basically tailored Kip's head to become Michael's head, which, by the way, wasn't that far a journey, because when I met Michael Rady, I was like, he was oh, like, yeah. I said, hey, you want to you want to be in this movie that I'm that I'm doing? And he was like, uh, what's the what's the movie? I said, it's a horror movie called Secret Santa. He goes, you're going to do a horror movie? I said, yeah. He says, oh, I'm in. I said, well, do you want to read the script first? He's like, no, 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 no. You're directing a horror movie. I'm in. How do I die? <laughs> He's like, how do I die? I said, oh. I know how you die um, because I had the head and I was like, you look just like my brother Kip. Like this is easy peasy. Um, and then Bob really, really just changed the, the head a little bit. And right. suddenly we had Michael's head. Yeah. yeah. So what did, what did Kip think Why? of uh, what you did with the head? <laughs> so, so Kip's Kip was living in Luxembourg when the movie was on the festival circuit. And we had gotten into um, uh, Dublin Harthon, which is an amazing festival in Dublin, right before uh, Halloween. And so he flew out to meet us and he took the whole cast out. And there's a bunch of people from the cast who came to Dublin. I don't think for the movie, they just wanted to go to Dublin. Um, and uh, so took everybody out, right? And uh, came to see the premiere of the movie in Dublin. And so the scene progresses and as the head comes off, Kip kind of, Kip goes. Did he know, was he aware that that was his head? No. Okay. He, just, he looks at me like, I recognize that head. And, uh, <laughs> and, and then it happens and Kip is like, motherfucker. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so weird. That's that is so awesome, man. Like, I, I got little brothers and they'd be That's just like, Awesome thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right on, right the on. The best part on that one, I want to say, is um, having Nate uh, hold that head. And I was doing BTS um, mm -hmm. video and, and photography, and I was under the house with him. And he was down, and he had to walk up with the head. Mm -hmm. and, and this is what I tell people is the greatest part, because comedians have the best timing but they also have the greatest ad lib lines and stuff. So he's standing and he's like saying stuff out loud mm -hmm. and I'm going, please do that one. Please do that one. Adam will die. I don't even know if you'll get the whole take, please do that one. And so he starts holding yeah. it and walking up and saying, yeah, you know. it's not gay if he's dead. And he's got <laughs> the head held right at his crotch. Adam yelled cut. And I, I don't know that he even stood up. I thought you fell down laughing so hard. It was ridiculous, but his it was great. And he did going. different ad libs on every single one of those shots. Each yeah. time he came to the house was a different. He came to the house. Yeah. He, he tried a different line. Yeah. And then he's not gay. Uh, it's not gay if he's dead. Became a hashtag in London uh, after yeah, London really? Pride Fest. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was a thing. That was a thing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. He's incredible in the movie. Nate Hedrick is just amazing. He's just uh, oh yeah. He, he, everybody in the movie was great. Everybody, thank you, dude. Like, thank it's you. just 
I, I just really, everybody was so over the top and just insane, which is what the movie called for. And it was, yep. he, he was at one of the standouts when we reviewed it the, for the podcast. Yeah. The three people I, I like the best were him and obviously Deb and, um, Pat Destro, everybody was just great, man. Everybody amazing cast. So amazing cast. I think cast so perfectly. They felt like that was it was there in their own skin kind of thing. They just they just connected. Um, and and I don't know their personalities, but they just really connected to each individual character and and just sold it. You know, well, by the way, none of their by the personalities in real life were like they were but, in the movies. Yeah, well, well, um, but by the way, by the way, to that, that's part of why Skeleton Crew was created. Getting back to your your original question, because mm-hmm. when right after Dev and I had done Texas Chainsaw 3D, um, Lionsgate invited us to a screening of the movie just for just for Dev and I. And this is a month before the movie was coming out, right? Right. So we were at the Lionsgate Theater. It's like a 400-seat theater. We're alone. We're just sitting in the middle of the room. And we're watching this movie unfold in front of us. And as it's moving forward, Dev and I are like, that's not what we wrote. The fuck is that? Um, You know, things like, you know, a girl from Chicago coming to Texas and telling someone in Texas Welcome to Texas, motherfucker. <laughs> what? Huh? Um, a movie that takes place in 1993. And I know that because we wrote that the movie playing in the town square was Jason Goes to Hell, which came out in 1993. And then there's a smartphone sequence in the movie. And we're like, wait a minute, that didn't happen till 2007. What? What is this? Um, and then, of course, do your thing, cause kind of broke it for us. So when we saw stuff like that in the movie, I just kind of I turned to her and I was like, "Did we get into this for this? Like, did we want to be filmmakers so that we could write stuff that we really love and that we believe in, and then end up with something that's just not ours, right. and where we're going to get all kinds of shit for do your thing, cause, which is a line I never would have written if you had a gun to my head." Um, and that, so, the, main, the main character would have been in her forties, of course. And, <laughs> and, and, mother, and she's I know, a baby I, on on August eight or August 14, nineteen seventy four. Right. You know, and I know, and I know Alexandra, and trust me, she's much like Marcy. No one's ever going to believe when she hits forty. <laughs> They're just not going to believe it. You know. Yeah. So it's here's the thing. Um, there, there was that t- cu- c- coupled with the fact that all the casting in horror movies of that size um, were now these kind of huge casts of people that had these long careers already who had been on the Disney Channel or had rap careers and all this stuff. And I was like, you know, man, horror movies used to be the place where people got their street cred, like got a chance to do the work. Right. And, I work with, you know, 55 actors every week that I adore, that are brilliant, who they're thrilled if they get the two lines before they get shot at the beginning of a Law and Order episode, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, these are people who've studied their whole lives, who've done incredible work around the world, and yet they come to Hollywood and they can't, you know, and they get the part of playing the dead body. <laughs> and I'm like, I, this has to stop. Like, this has to go back to, to what it used to be. And so Skeleton Crew was almost a reaction to like, where the fuck did Roger Corman go? 
And how can we start making movies again that give people an opportunity, give people a chance to do something? And by the way, Skeleton Crew is doing bigger budget movies. In fact, um, one of the movies that we're doing next year and we couldn't be more excited about is a movie that Deb and I uh, wrote that we're producing with Brian that Bob is directing called Hunting Season. Oh, nice. Um, which is fucking insane much bigger movie it's not a it's not a you know it's not a micro budget movie at all um it's a much bigger movie and it's a movie that we really believe in so um and look bob's directing so we know how good that's gonna be but here's the thing the the, the company allows for that but it also has this division of like hey man let's just go make some shit like i don't want to sit at home on a on a weekend watching netflix i, I have no interest like i want to go and make movies that's what I, that's my joy but making shit with friends is completely different than yeah exactly, exactly. you know it's a yeah. different experience i mean we worked on secret santa with I mean, eleven days straight, right. and I and it was the I, best time I've ever had. I never had a problem. <laughs> a Me too. Um, Me did, too. We did it's... an indie um, in May, and we had six days, weeks, three three weeks, six days, and Saturday I had brain fog. Yeah, and it was nice weather. wasn't bad weather. This and that. Mm -hmm. We do Secret Santa eleven days straight. Nothing. Nothing because we were having because so we much had fun. such a great time and yeah. the camaraderie and, and and building and knowing you're putting it, something with your heart and soul yeah. into it and I'm sorry the amount everybody, of blood was just yeah. so everybody much there, fun. Everybody was there for <laughs> one reason and that was yes to make a good movie and to have fun yeah. and you know it's a business as well and of yeah. course you know we wanted yeah, to get everything get all the notes everything yeah. you know hit all the hit all the spots we need please we 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 got hit with a with a uh snowstorm just as we were coming up the mountain to shoot right. the movie and we got snowed in for days we were snowed in for three days where we couldn't move we couldn't yeah. leave the, 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 the place out the first night too the prep night yeah. so so i so yeah. marcy took video of all of us <laughs> using our phones, the, the flashlights on our phones to lay down the carpeting and the, the protective surfaces on the floors. We're doing this with our iPhones yep. and then going outside to, to charge our iPhones with our car batteries yep. so that we can keep moving. Right. Um, and that only happens if you love what you're doing. What you're doing. Yep. Yeah, it really seemed like a very family atmosphere. A hundred percent. And yeah, everybody seemed to really enjoy themselves, and it definitely came across in the film. By the way, the only way the only way it would have worked out, however, is Bob and Marcy had to be at the house that had the hot tub. That was the only that was a major stipulation, and it was amazing because we would finish the day, and then they would go hot tubbing, and I'm like. How do you have the energy? I'm exhausted. Holy shit. We, we, there was random people joining us occasionally. And, oh, then we, and then we found out that it was broken. So probably day five, when yeah. it started to be a little cold, yeah, we're like, working. okay, that we're done with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, wow, it's cold but now. I cannot, no matter how, it doesn't matter what set I'm on, though. It, it, there's no way I can just... Go home. I can yes. be on set all night on Army yeah. of Darkness, working yeah. crazy hours, and then go back to the hotel. And there's no fucking way I can fall asleep without chill time, glass yep. of wine. He's got I agree a, with you. At least hour decompression. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's needed. For you sure. can you can shove me yeah. into bed and I'm going to sleep, but. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, He's got I, his... I, I can't do it. And yeah. it's just, I just cannot shut yeah. my head off. So. Yeah. There's a buzz. There's an excitement. Yeah. And again, especially if you're having a great time, oh, it's yeah. such like a, it, it, it's adrenaline. And I remember them those on the days after the hot tub was, was kaput. Um, we would all hang out in the other house yeah. in that sort of big living room area. Yeah. And it was amazing because like all the actors, everybody, like nobody was ready to go to bed. You know, and it was like this like amazing period. But again, that doesn't happen unless everybody really likes each other. There was no bullshit drama. It was kind right. of amazing. Like, right. like it, you're it was right. just with no drama. And you all respectfully, and I want to say this because I've said it before, you respected everyone to keep on our 12 hours. If oh, it yeah. went over, I don't remember because no. I swear you kept it on that 12 hour yep. and that is amazing. And, and completely now that I've done all the other stuff, it's, I, I so respect you for doing that because it's, it's necessary. It really is. Well, oh, but by on. the way, the, the thing that makes that, the thing that, ah, that's awesome. The thing that makes that work is, um, it, look, we, when we first started Rye, I brought up the fact that there was this snowstorm. We, our first day, we were half a day behind yes. shooting wise mm -hmm. because there was no way we could start on time. We couldn't, right. half the actors hadn't gotten up the hill yet. Like they were right. literally stuck getting up the hill. By day three, we were half a day ahead of schedule. Yep. That happens that when everybody's something. got a focus of purpose. Yeah. When you're having a good time shooting, but you know that you've got work to do. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like we 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 had um, this very kind of weird, great family dynamic. Um, and by the way, our one of our leads, we did not know, but one of our lead actors, um, a brilliant, beautiful guy named Johnny G, John, John Gilbert, yeah. um, had just been diagnosed with Alzheimer's yeah. and could Whoa. not remember dialogue. Like yeah. none of it. Couldn't remember a line. Mm -mm. And he's got a huge part in the movie and every single member of the team helped Johnny G to get through that movie, to helped him with his lines where he had a great time. He had a ball. Yeah. Um, but only because everybody was, was in the ship together to make it work. So you're, you're literally talking about like everything was against us. The elements are one of our leads memories. All of this stuff was just, was really piled up against us. And again, no one freaked out. There was the only person who freaked out. The only person was the guy who had been hired to be my first AD, who by the third day of the movie, he was like yelling at the cast to do. And I said, hey, hey, dude. Yeah, we don't do that here. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, listen, um, who are you yelling at? Why, why would you yell? We're a half a day ahead of schedule. You're yelling? <laughs> no. I said, if we get half a day behind schedule, then we can talk about yelling. But until then, I don't know what you're doing, dude. And yeah. by the way, that guy ended up doing a lot of other jobs, not really ADing. I kind of AD my own show. Um, yes. Because I don't need somebody, I don't need somebody cracking a whip because there's no whip necessary. Right. If you treat artists like people and you treat them with respect and dignity and you let them know that their ideas are just as valid as my ideas right. yes. and I want everybody to bring it to the, you know, like, let's, we're all in it together. Let's make it all great. Let's, let's all work towards it being great. Then you don't need to yell at anybody. That's just bullshit. Yeah. 
Right on. Right. So, so um, due to the low budget on on the movie, you, yeah. you didn't have um, you didn't have stunt people. Everybody had to do their own stunts. Oh, yeah. No, no, we actually we did have stunt have people. One stunt person. No, 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 no. We oh. no. Here's the thing. Freddie James, um, who plays Gordon in the movies, the chef in the movies. Yes. Freddie James is my stunt coordinator. Freddie James is a badass who literally oh yeah just shooting stunts last night. Um, Freddie has been on like almost every major television show right. as a stunt person. Um, but he's also my coordinator. Nate Hedrick is, um, so if any, any of your viewers have been to Universal Studios out here in LA and they see the Waterworld show, Nate has been the villain in the Waterworld show for, I think, like 15 years now. He does the high fall every single day, several yeah, times a day. I don't think they even have it anymore, do they? <laughs> they do. They still have the Waterworld show. Waterworld? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're ever going to retire that thing. Uh, Waterworld, like, like, like from the movie? Yes. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah dude. <laughs> it, it, it is literally a stunt show. That's what it is. Yeah. It's explosions yeah. and high falls and all this stuff. Yeah. And he we plays just, the yeah, best hopper. Yeah, 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 we did. Because he's bald. Okay. <laughs> yeah, jet so, skis and fire and yeah. 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 So Nate was also a stunt person. <laughs> and then we had Anna Yosin, who was the person who did the high fall at the yes. end of the movie instead it of Ryan Keaton couldn't do that. Right, yeah. Um, but to your point, yes, they are stunt people. They are actors first, stunt people second, right? But they are they are stunt people. And that's why we were able to do with continue your question because that I wanted to make the distinction of why we were able to do what we did. Well, because everyone pitched in too, and we all wore hats. I mean, Bob did the effects, and and then I babysat them while he was on camera, and then did stills, BTS, and video. Yep. And so yeah. it was all Every, like that. everybody did that. There I was mean, no like, hey man, you can't do that. Yeah. Don't touch right. that plug because if <laughs> I that our, our scripty I mean? was like, one of the actresses. So. Um, mm -hmm. it, it just. Everybody did all of that, and it was it was it, that part was un unbelievably amazing and and freeing. And again, it's the bonding that we had during that time was just priceless. So, and there yeah. are, by the way, to, to your point, Rick, there are two hundred stunts in the movie. Right, there are over two hundred stunts in the film. Oh, absolutely, but they were performed by the cast because one of the things that I do in LA is um, with my classes, I run a fight club. So um, the only rule of our fight club is that no one ever gets hurt. Right. And that's because of Freddie James. That's because of what he does with us um, right. to get everybody prepped and ready. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you know, the same guy that I just talked about having Alzheimer's, that guy did all of his own stunt work. Yeah. And never hurt himself. He was fine. Well, I brought I brought it up because I wanted to talk about um the fight scene with uh with your wife and Pat Destro, which yeah, I mean they're not stunt people, right? So they you know <laughs> no they are not. So you know fun, that's fun. a credit to how great uh, Freddie was at what he was doing. You get, bet. You know, I mean it was amazing. I really wanted to, that. That was one of the questions I had for Deb because that was just one of the best fight scenes in the history of movies. I was shocked we when I, we were doing the review. I was texting back and forth with you. And when you told me that they did their own stunts for that, I was amazed. Yeah. But good stuff, man. Yeah, man. That's actually Brian Sexton's favorite, my, my producing partner. That's his favorite scene in the movie. Oh, uh, yeah. It was, it was, it was, really the, the glass in Pat's face. I'm sorry. Amazing. That was so amazing. Fun. So good. Yeah. That was so, so great. So good. And then to that, to that point, actually, I believe it was the same scene when somebody goes and hits the tree. 
Yeah, I like to catch the BTS at the end of a scene. So I was catching the BTS. Adam calls cut and the tree had gone down and all the balls were rolling down the stairs into the kitchen and then down another set of stairs. And it's going ping, 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 ping. Everyone's la laughing their asses off because we're like, <laughs> is it ever going to stop? Because it just kept going ping, 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 ping. It's true. It went on forever. We're amazing. dying laughing. It was it's so amazing. So great. That's, yeah. We laughed <laughs> so much during that and all the takes. I mean, Adam, I, I remember finally you actually blew a take um it because you laughed because uh -huh. you're like you know and it, and it was probably it was probably drew because probably his probably. was just <laughs> off the hook so yep. like yeah that was yeah. so fun yeah yeah i was watching the the behind the scenes it's on the blu-ray and mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> the scene where he comes out <laughs> and the, 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 it's not the scene from the movie it's like be, be, uh, oh, the, 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 the rehearsal the rehearsal yeah this <laughs> is dying <laughs> yes it's an amazing it's a well it's she's about to break and drew is like don't you break um <laughs> it's really funny it's really so good funny. that scene uh that scene no matter where the movie is played and no matter in what country we're in when we don't have like um we'll have subtitles but we don't have the audio change for it right <laughs> in every single country that scene gets an applause break every single time. Yeah, every my, time. My, wife, my wife lost her mind. <laughs> all of that, all of those lines, all of that interaction was just so perfect and so in your face. And mm -hmm. but just his delivery and timing is just yes. it, it's impeccable. Yeah. But that's also that's what you get when you when you write for people. Um, right. Because I, I went out and got my cast. I knew who was going to be in this movie. Right. And then I wrote the script. So it, it, yeah. it, it, it wasn't that I was like trying to put people into a role. I was like, are you available? Once I knew certain people were available to do the movie, I went, great. Now I know my voices. Now I know who I'm writing for. And if I know who I'm writing for, that's a very quick write. I wrote, Deb and I finished the script in 20 days. That's cool. And it's all because we knew who our cast was. They you know what you cool. can do. That's mm -hmm. unique, isn't it? Though mm -hmm. I mean, it to be is. able to do that—that's that's, that's so unique and and special. Yeah, makes a difference. Makes a difference. Yeah. Couple of uh, trains. Another train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Kurtzman King train. Just a, just a side <laughs> note. That's um. Uh, I I told him a few years ago. I said I have to start recording that. And we went on this little train trip. Um, it was just one of those day foliage kind of things. Sure. That that's Morse code. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. There's a dashes yeah, and dots, and they they um they're for um letters, but just a letter. So that's amazing. Yeah, the 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 letters they're putting out is F and U. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how late how late do those trains come through? Like does that happen um, all the Yeah, all the time. It's a railroad town. <laughs> yeah. And that's really what it's like. F you. If during the day it's cute, you know, like you're trying to sleep at 2 a.m., maybe not. No, it doesn't bother. We grew up we, with it. So, oh, yeah, no, you guys don't hear it anymore. It's actually no. soothing. I mean, we hear yes. those thing, and we're like, oh, we're home. And, you know, we moved like, to Atlanta, and, you know, in Atlanta, everybody lives in air conditioning all the time. Just windows are shut because of heat, windows are shut because of AC. Sure. And of course, we moved into a high rise and immediately opened the windows. 
And the first night, and I will never forget it because we were on an air mattress that was actually kind of comfortable. <laughs> and, um, and the window was cracked open. I don't know. It was like 1230, one o'clock or something yeah. like that. And we're, it was one of those dozy things. And, and I hear the train. I hear a train and we're just like hitting each other going, oh my God, oh my God, we're home. That's but awesome. We're close enough to a train. That's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> no, it's, you feel it's like when I, cause I grew up in, in Manhattan in New York and, um, and I know a lot of people when they move, they're like, oh my God, how do you sleep with all the traffic? I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm like, that's the sound of the ocean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't you get it? Like if you uh, listen to it and you think of it that way, like suddenly all of that traffic, that noise all night, it's just, it's like waves, just rolling yep. waves. It's just mm -hmm. lovely. It, it puts me to sleep. I sleep better in Manhattan than anywhere else. <laughs> I can relate growing up in the inner city. Like, yeah. <laughs> you got yeah. Lots, lots of sounds. Yeah. So um, what do we got here? Let's see. Um, so sometimes um, makeups can take hours to apply. Is there anybody that you've ever had in your chair that was like really difficult, maybe because of how long it took to put the makeup or the effects on? Did you have anything yeah. like that? Uh, you know, I hate naming names on a show and saying maybe don't name the names about it. But yes, I have. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, I've had a couple of difficult actors who, okay. who complain, but not, few and far between. Um, mm -hmm. Most of them that are there and know what they're in for, but. You know, some even though they get paid twenty million dollars to be there and put something on, right? They still bitch and moan and and make it difficult. But what's what's the longest somebody ever had to sit for you to to to, to put a makeup on? And maybe what what makeup was that? That was Bride and Reanimator, and it was Kathleen Kinmont who played the bride. And the first day, me and Howard and Mike Spatola did the makeup. Three of us on her was it took us nine hours and we got it down to seven God. and it's because her entire body is covered with prosthetics right. so right um and, and that is a, by the way if, if any of you of your viewers who have not seen that makeup like they need to go immediately and go look at that makeup it is yeah. fucking watch, watch reanimator and then bride reanimator it's it crazy. is insane yeah, yeah I, I just seen um crazy reanimator recently because whatever year that was made we did a year in horror for that year and I, my, my buddy, J.P. Cross, he, he's like really into that movie. It's like his favorite movie. So I knew he'd bring that up on the show. So I watched it. And then now I want to go back and watch all the other ones. But I haven't had time. So we'll, we'll, since it's reanimated, it's pretty fresh. I'll, I'll check out Bride of Reanimator well, here. Kathleen was really good on that. And we had um, we had Sally Hook and uh, Dr. Sleep. Mm -hmm. And she was covered. It, the, the Her feet were colored. The bottom of her feet weren't covered. And... Um, her, her uh, right here was not covered. Everything else was covered. She was made to look naked, but everything was covered with wrinkle sheets and sores and that, that took yeah. five hours, five and a half hours, not as much as the bride, but not as much as right. the and, and she had to stand naked like this as, as for four Kathleen. or five hours as Kathleen yeah. did and, and not a which, word, not a which peep. the difference back then is yeah. there's there three guys doing her makeup. Yeah. And two guys today. Today yeah. we always have a always have a yeah a female in the in the trailer with mm -hmm. us helping. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. but that's awesome. <laughs> so um, what um, so you you've done like effects for literally everything. Like if I listed your IMDb list, I'd be here for like three days. So <laughs> not everything. It's so funny because someone will come up to me at a convention and they'll go, 
so did you work on Underworld? And I'm like, no, I didn't work on Underworld. The whatever. IMDb it's is like, good. You know, the Wikipedia like, is usually where yeah, I've had to go in and delete wrong. things. Yeah. Yeah, I'll like, just go through the list and I'll ask him and he'll go, no, why would that be on? Why like would somebody, somebody, somebody came up there? and was like, can you sign my blob disc? And I'm like, I didn't work on the blob. And they're like, oh, but it says on Wikipedia. And I'm like, uh, God, Stop. whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I can make it say I did it on Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, what was a... Uh, your favorite um, effect, the makeup that you've done in your career that, you you know, something that really stands out that was like a huge thing. Like my favorite thing that you ever did was um, a nightmare with uh, you did the, the motorcycle kill, right? Or am I wrong about the that? Nightmare? Too? Like, the nightmare? nightmare? No, what nightmare nightmare? Which one? Four or five? Five, five. So the motorcycle transformation was uh, Chris Biggs. Oh, so I you didn't do that one? No, it, you have to understand on a nightmare movie, there might be three crews. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> every, everybody has a different sequence yeah. that they work on. So. so, okay, so what was your favorite one that you did that was like, you know, maybe just something really crazy? Do you have one of the nightmares? Uh, well, I guess, I guess the one, I don't even know which one it is. Is five, maybe? I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's one Freddie Freddy bursts out of the girl. There's a combination of animation, stop motion, but his leg comes out, whatever, and then his mm -hmm. face spreads apart, and it's they're tied together like webbing. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know which one that is. It's five, I think. But <laughs> That's, five. That's five. Yeah. It's okay. five. It is five. So yeah. that was that was really fun uh, piece. And then we had because we had mechanical heads of the actress that would pop out, stretch, mm -hmm. and at that point. They, I believe we were doing silicone. I can't remember though. Maybe not. <laughs> no. No, because it that might, was prior. It been, they were probably urethane heads. Yeah. At that Is point. Is there something but, in Wishmaster yeah. that you absolutely love though? No. I thought there I was hate everything in my own movies. Oh no, my I'm God. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really like Wishmaster. I love that movie. I, I actually, <laughs> oh, Wishmaster, I love the piano string going around his head. Mm -hmm. and, and ripping it off. Um, in fact, I'm on the hunt. Speaking of re or listeners, um, I'm still looking for the head because someone out there has it. They came to his um, shop in Ohio years ago and took a picture with Bob with it. And we haven't seen it since then. We don't know where it is. So they stole the head. Uh, By the way, I would be no, a little nervous. It was somebody who Bob actually bought it. it. Oh, okay. And, Bob, and, I would and, I would be a little nervous that Marcy really loves when your head is the one that like your death is the yeah. thing she really digs. I'm just I'm just gonna put that out there. I don't know. I, I, I'm the one who put myself in the movie and decided to kill myself almost. Well, right. yeah, no, I get it. I, by the way, by the way, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't kill myself in Jason Goes to Hell, but I'm in the movie getting hit by everybody, and they are Deb's favorite scene. She's like, I no. love when they hit you. <laughs> See, I know there's some some correlation there. I, I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that kill, I was listening to a, a, a review of the movie, and that was uh, that their favorite kill in the movie was your kill. So, oh no, like, kidding! A lot of people, a lot of people really right. did get seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, yeah. Because it's yeah, weird, right. and there's right. a lot of kills in that movie. Yeah, I mean, somebody was talking about it. There's been this like little bit of a resurgent on Wishmaster lately of people covering it. And um, my, they my were movies. talking about the beginning is the most graphic, crazy yes, it is. shit ever. Yes, it, is. it starts out that way. And I actually it's started rewatching it the other day just, just to get that beginning in again. And I was like, holy crap, I forgot. 
Mm-hmm. So much of that in the beginning is just, yeah. it's insane. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah, love it's it. my least favorite for me because I have to watch my hammy acting. <laughs> I just, well, I, I just ordered the uh, and it was a bunch of reverse shots in you gotta it. you gotta look at bob's bob's in, incredible turn in uh night of the creeps that's really that's really where he shines <laughs> when he doesn't that's where he shines when he doesn't talk as prom date number seven a night, of, a night of the creeps i know they're doing, they're doing a reunion for that and um at the at the Living Dead Weekend, right? We, we heard about that and we're trying to get in touch with them because a couple of years ago he did a photo op because he is a beta zombie up oh, in Chicago. Sure sure and so I, I was going to ask if you, if you were booked for that because we're going to that. That'll be my first like big convention I've ever been to. I'll and be um, I just yeah. ordered a, a Wishmaster McFarlane figure. That's what I was starting to say. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be in the mail. It would be awesome to get you to sign it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> if not, I'll wait till I see it. But yeah, yeah we'll it, that that would be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're doing a night of the creeps reunion and I think creep show, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, fun. That's, okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, it should be pr- pretty sweet. That's at the mall with the you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and by show. the way, by the way, because you brought it up, I do I do want to give a little bit of a shout out um, to somebody that all three of us are very connected with, who is one of our closest friends. Um, uh, so I don't know if anybody's been watching the latest season of creep show. Yeah. You bring up creep show. Um, and, uh, which, you know, Greg is, is, is the exact producer on and, and, and all that good stuff. But I, I do want to say, you know, a guy who has written episodes for every single season of creep show, um, who also, <clears throat> um, was a writer on and Bob's co-producer on from dust till dawn. Um, who also has won <clears throat> the Writers Guild Award two years in a row for The Walking Dead. Um, uh, John Esposito made his directorial debut this year on Creepshow. He did two episodes. Um, one in particular that I loved called The Belascos. Um, he, he did an unbelievable job of directing these episodes. Like I'm so, this is a guy who's wanted to direct as long as Bob and I have been directing. And because he's been put in the writer box, like he's never really been allowed to do that. And I got to say, like, Greg, you know, really let him step up to the plate and get in there and do two episodes. It's amazing. He wrote a bunch. He wrote and, you know, rewrote a bunch of episodes on this season. And I have to say, I've been watching every season of that show, of Creep Show, because I'm a huge Creep Show fan. And I, I love the original movie and all that. But I have to tell you, this season hands down for me was the best season of the show. I'm not saying that just because John did stuff on it, but I have to tell you his episodes are fucking incredible. Um, I mean, he, he really, he really pulled off something. And when you figure that they shoot these episodes in, in two and a half days, Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like, you're like, okay, how did I'm I'm going like how the how fuck did they do that, dude? Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's really facts. impressive. So, I just somebody that the three of us love because yes. of family. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I just want to give him a shout out because it's it's kind of amazing. Yeah. I just I just started watching those because I didn't have access to it until recently. Right. But right. I watched the, the the episode with um Ted Raimi and the the, the Necronomicon and all uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen too many of them otherwise, but I have them now, so yep. that's going to be my um, yeah, check it out, man. Check, check, check it out, check out the episodes because th- this. I, I just really wrote it special. down so I can make sure to check it it's out. Really special, man. Yeah, it's cool. So speaking really of, um, since he brought it up from Dust Till Dawn, 
I just I, I knew you did effects on it, but I didn't know that you wrote the original story for it. Mm -hmm. And then I'm um, got Quentin to to, to re rewrite it. Is that what I'm? No, I'm no, not rewrite. I wrote the story and then uh, brought Quentin. You wrote the screenplay, it. right? Yeah, yeah. It was actually me and John Esposito, who's my oh, partner, yeah. yeah. partner on it, and we discovered Quentin basically. And a video. Yeah, basically. I, I mean, he, <laughs> so. I heard that he gave you a couple of his scripts before the movies even came out, for you to check out. Do you still have those? What the scripts for? Oh, I don't have those. You wrote. You, you were in on podcast. You said he gave you a script for early script for um for Reservoir Dogs and uh, True Romance. Natural Born Killers and True, True Romance. romance yeah. yeah, those were his sample scripts. Those were samples. So, oh, okay, yeah. So yeah. he was he was like, holy shit, yeah. this guy has to be the yeah. one to write this screenplay. Yeah, I mean, I mean we yeah. just we just went. Hey, yeah, he's perfect for this, you yeah. know, and he loves the genre. You know, oh yeah, I, I I really 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 dig that movie too. It's good stuff for sure. I had like I said, way, I knew you did the effects on it, but I didn't know it was your idea. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, no, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't just Bob's idea. Bob Bob shot um, <clears throat> back way back in the day again, right when we were making Jason Goes to Hell. He shot um, a proof of concept trailer for the yeah. for for Dusk that was mm -hmm. like freaking incredible. It's actually um, really it was, great. It's on it was YouTube the moment when you realize, like, wow, this guy can direct. Like this guy knows <laughs> the camera. Um, it's really true, and it's and did a beautiful job with his actors. YouTube, I mean, it's I don't really good. It, but it's on YouTube. Yeah, I'm sorry. Did I, what's it? I missed. I missed uh, what Adam said there. Uh, I was just. I was just saying it was. You know, the, the trailer was remarkable, and it was one of those moments where you realize that, like, wow, Bob Kurtzman can direct. Like, he, he really <laughs> knew how to deal with actors. He knew how to deal with the camera. Um, it was super impressive, and uh, and I will also tell you. I mean, I was lucky enough to read all the iterations of the story, of the script, of all that stuff way back in the day. Um, and I will tell you the 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 real reason that that movie came to be. Forget about just from story sense, because the, the entire story was Bob's. That was Bob. Okay. Um, and him and John worked their asses off on that stuff and then brought Quentin in. And Quentin, nobody knew who Quentin was. Quentin was a guy who wasn't. He was working a at a video store. And he wasn't even a writer's guild writer. He was just a guy who had scripts, right? And so they recognize this guy's ability. They hire him to do this, this project. And then when Quentin blew up, right, all of his scripts sold, like he just sold everything off. Bob had the one script that nobody in Hollywood had. Like it was like the one thing no one could get their hands on. And what's amazing is the tenacity of Bob to get that thing made. Um, it's why that whole project came together. Like that, that's kind of an epic. I hope somebody at some point actually has the balls to really tell like all the, all the stories behind that movie, because it is, it is an epic journey, but the captain of that ship was not Quentin. The captain mm -hmm. of that, or Rodriguez, the captain of that ship was Kurtzman. Nice. Um, that's just the truth, and and it's well, uh, I, kind I, of an amazing journey. You were attached well, to direct. I well, yeah. I, had, I created it to direct it. I mean, that was the whole point, and and you know, I was stubbornly held on to it for a lot of years um, until I went, hey, this is the right opportunity. Right. You know, Robert Rodriguez is interested, and it's going to be a bigger movie, and. Mm -hmm. You know, we get to still do the effects and I still get a story credit, whatever. But it, at a certain point, it was like, you know, this doesn't make sense to do this low budget $3 million movie. Um, Somebody's got to put some money and, into it. Let's do it. But yeah, and it, it really was um, 
you know, also it was a, a big introduction for me, uh, struggling through that nine, eight, nine years of trying to get that off the ground was realizing how much bullshit, how many <laughs> wrong people you can get involved with. Yeah. Right? The process. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, but, but uh, I, I'm just saying, I, 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 I say I I'm, I'm underlining it mostly because, you know, like success has a million fathers, um, you know, failures an orphan, failures an orphan. Right. Yes. Well, well, Dustin Dawn was a success. And so everybody wants to be the, you know, I'm the reason I'm the father and I'm, the, that's all bullshit. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, there's one father of that project. And I will tell you, you know, if, if it has a stepfather, that would have been Espo because mm -hmm. he was the longest running on the project with Bob from that mm -hmm. point. So, you know, it, it, again, everybody loves to jump on shit and say, Oh, like that's Rodriguez and Tarantino. No, well, there's so much not. misinformation about that. Cause I've had so many people ask me the question. So, uh, you know, so, uh, it was Quentin's idea and you guys worked on like oh. whatever. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like it's complete. But, you know, I have to explain that um, whole process because they just don't know in their head how they were, that yeah. would navigate. But it literally had, and that's the only reason I controlled it all those years is because, you know, Quentin was hired to direct or to write it. To write it. You know, so yeah. he had no control over the script, you know. So it wasn't something that, you know, was that he could just sell off on a, on his own. It's just you know, a lot of so, misinformation. Yeah, I think that's anyway. perfectly put. But, but but I also think it, it, look, Bob is also very humble. <laughs> okay. Yes. And he doesn't and he doesn't sing his own praises, which I respect um, uh, to a degree. I am a carnival barker, so <laughs> I don't I don't give a fuck. I'm also by the way. Here's the other part of it. Okay, mm -hmm. and it's something that a lot of people don't don't like about me, and the people who don't like it about me, I'm kind of thrilled they don't. I also don't throw any bullshit, so I I scream from the rooftops, but I say what the fuck really happened, right? And so that's why I'm saying it. It's like it's like these things, these these legends that happen. You go like it's like the Victor Miller Sean Cunningham thing. It's like, well, it's funny, Sean, that you, you say you hired Victor to write this because I have a script dated way before you ever hired him. How'd yeah. that happen, buddy? Because <laughs> um, your wife gave me your archives before she died because she didn't trust you with them. Isn't that weird? <laughs> um, so, so it's, it's, the truth it's that's, is truth. And you say right. this truth. Yeah. Right. right. And that's the point. I always have to be honest. Yeah. Right. People, people, most people in our industry don't like that shit because no, sometimes the truth gets in the way of the legend. Right. And for right. me, the real legends of stuff like this is always more interesting when you go, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Bob Kurtzman's the one who came up with that story. Yup. Yeah. Well, Adam, you know, with, with you, I, 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 I know um, that what you say is true for the most part, you know, because I, I, I didn't say it that way. But what, what I meant to say is um, I, I, I've messaged you and texted you about people that I know you don't even like. And you don't, you don't, if there's something good to say about them, you still say it. You know you what bet. I mean? Like, you bet. You, you know, and these are people that, you know, you other people in your shoes would just shit on just to shit on. Right. Because, you know, the relationship you have with them. Yeah. But no, you text me back like, no, this is the way this is. And, you know, this guy did this. And, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. And again, you won't always again, I, any, I, any conversation we've had. 
Absolutely. So I'm, I'm, no, I, I'm no fan of Sean Cunningham, but you know what? I, I said it here today. The guy was a fucking amazing producer when it yes. came to being on set and getting shit done. He knew how to do that shit. Like he just, he just got it, you know? So uh, look, uh, the devil, the, I'll give the devil their due. That yes. said, I will also say when you're full of shit. Right. Right. And, and that's no what I said. That's why I know I know you're telling the truth because in situations like that, you would you never you, you never just shit on somebody just to no. shit on somebody. If anything, I've seen you give people praises that you may yeah. not have had such a great relationship with or currently have a great relationship with. Absolutely. Look, Val Kilmer's a great actor. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's, all, that's all that's all I can say that's positive. The rest of it is he's a terrible person, but a great actor. <laughs> And it's a, it's it's like that sometimes. Yeah, so it is. With with Dust All Dawn, um, Tom Savini was in the movie. What and um, what were some of your? Because he's a legend in doing what you do as well. So, what were some of your um influences? Was he one of your influences? Um, you know, like who are the guys you looked up to in the industry? I guess is what I'm trying to oh, say. Oh, sure, sure. I mean, you know, when I was when I was in high school or even earlier. I mean, it started out way earlier, being um. Uh, a fan of makeup effects and reading famous monsters of Filmland really is where I kind of gravitated first to that stuff. Um, and Tom was one of those people that I would read about and, you know, Rick Baker and Dick Smith and Tom Berman and all those guys, you know, um, uh, were the, the generation that I really gravitated towards uh, because they were, they were in the magazines all the time, you know, and Jack Pierce, of course, but, that was the older movies, but, um, you know, I, during that Renaissance era, that was like this mid seventies till, till when I got into the business in early, 84 80s, yeah. was that, that those were the years, man. Like I would, and it was also when VHS had come out. So it was, it was where I could actually now find the movies I want that I wasn't allowed to see at that age or, <laughs> I just couldn't find that I read about and they just weren't available, you know, on TV and, and now I can rent them. So I spend the whole weekend sitting in the basement with a stack of eight tapes from the local video store and just watch all eight movies in a weekend, you know, and it would always be something I knew I wasn't supposed to watch, you know, <laughs> so, but I would follow their work and, and anything that had makeup effects in it, that's the stuff I wanted to see. So anyway, so yeah, those are the people that influenced me, you know, and then of course, Rob Bottin, uh, because, you know, once he was the, from the thing, right? Yeah. Well, with the howling and the thing, that double whammy for me was just like incredible. I think, um, I think the thing might be one of the greatest movies, period. Not yeah. one of my favorite I agree, me too. Yeah. And, yeah. and by the way, right in Secret Santa, you know, there, there's a direct reference to the thing because right. there's one in every single movie I've ever made. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I loved it. I I never I haven't I I didn't see it until this year, believe it or not. So don't kill me for that. But wow, <laughs> we were doing um we were doing um me and my co-host. He's a big John Carpenter fan. I'm more of a Wes Craven guy, mm -hmm. and we we're doing like a series wow. like where we review a Wes Craven movie, we review a John Carpenter movie, and we we picked three John Carpenter, three Wes Cravens, and the thing was one of the ones he picked. So um when I went and watched it, I was just like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, just, I got to tell you, I envy anybody that first viewing of a movie like that. Like yeah. when someone yeah. tells me, like, I just saw this. I'm like, oh, 
God, I wish I could have been in your eyeballs for that. Yes. That's so cool. Dude, it was, it was though, watching it now. You watched it on TV. I don't care how big it is, your TV. Yeah, right. You still watch it on TV. And watching that movie in the theater, I think I saw it five times the first week it came yes. out. Yeah. And that summer of 82. Yeah. And I could not get enough of that movie. It was blew my mind. And I just think there's a big difference between watching movies. We did get to see it in the theater. Oh, you did? We did get to see it in the theater, yeah. Oh, was that the re-release? Yeah, no, this past year they did um, Christine in the theater. They did The Thing, They Live. Wow. We went to see The Thing, and I took my parents and some Fathom Events or something it was called. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard about my ball tickets. We watched the wrong copy. Yeah, they they actually uh, had it playing in 4-3. And it's a widescreen movie, uh-huh. not four or three. It might have been one eight five. Anyway, it, it wasn't was the format. And I was like, "What is wrong with this movie?" Yeah. And I went, "Oh my god, they're playing the wrong one. They're playing it, and the sound yeah. sucked." Yeah, the and sound was. So I couldn't bad. figure it out. Well, they everybody started complaining. McGarris, everybody was bitching about it yeah. the next day. So they uh, they fixed it. And yeah. ran it another night. Yeah. Well, at that point, I'm like, I took people who experienced it for the first, for the time, first time, and that's what they fucking got. Yeah. And I was yes. Yeah. So I, bet, I actually, he tells me this is wrong. I actually ran out because we know the theater I, I uh, manager had it set up. I, w- I wanted to go right. find him. I wanted to like. To, I'm like, you guys don't understand. The sound is horrible, but it's not just that. The screen is like there's fuzzy stuff that shouldn't be fuzzy. Oh. Super, super weird. And they're looking at me like I'm a crazy and I'm, person. And I'm like, the aspect ratio and they're is like, totally wrong. Yeah, they're like, yeah, so. but it, but that's what they sent us. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god. So then I yeah. told him, and he goes, we're, we're screwed. We're gonna, we're literally we're gonna, gonna watch, watch this shit version shit. of yeah. it. Now. <laughs> but, but again, I will say this: even still, being able to see that in a theater with other people in a packed house in the dark. I don't I don't I don't even care that it's the wrong version. You're right. still getting so yeah. much closer yeah. to what was intended and what Bob and I got to experience when we were kids. Right. I, I agree with you. I was in that theater the whole weekend. Like I I, yeah. I don't know if I even left. Right. Um, <laughs> because it was so mind-blowing. It was like it wasn't even and by the way, look, I was an effects junkie too, but there was something else. There's some that movie what it says about ensemble and what it says about like what actors, what great actors can do with genre material, because a lot of times you can't afford the great actors. So you get people who aren't as interesting and aren't Mm -hmm. as good. You you watch like a simple scene with Wilford Brimley in that movie. And you're like, God damn. Yeah. You really, you really felt something watching that movie. Yeah, man. It was just an experience I've never had watching a film, to be honest, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Watching that for the first time, we had a friend, uh, Erica, and she's. I actually got bought the seats, and so I made sure she was in a in the row behind us, so that I I could go like this and look at her face. <laughs> you know, she's she loves horror, and she's worked at Kurtzman's shop sometimes, but but she was sitting there going, you yes. know, and I'd look at her, and she'd look at me, and she'd go. <laughs> and then she'd look at the screen again and it was just, yeah, she was blown away. It was great. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. yeah like, like I said, I, I love Wes Craven, but I, I think I'm going to lose this debate with him. <laughs> Here, here's the thing. Both, look, both those guys are remarkable artists. Oh, the yeah. difference, the big difference between the two of them, um, Wes 
Wes was so shackled to horror. Um, and, and I think that he also, uh, by the way, I knew Wes growing up as a kid. I knew, I knew Wes and I knew another Tom Cleveland guy. Huh? Is that another Cleveland guy? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. I knew him. I knew him when he was working with Sean. Um, so, so I knew him from that, from that world. But I have to tell you, he he was he was shackled to the horror genre in such a way that the only way the guy could get even slightly unshackled from it was to promise Weins, the Weinsteins that he would do Scream Three just so he could do Music of the Heart. Right. Um, and of course, Meryl Streep signed on to work with Wes. So, like, the proof is in the pudding of the kind of guy he was. He was like a remarkable artist and a sweetheart and a great storyteller. The problem, I think, Wes was one of those guys who was wor always worried about the job. About always working, about always having a job, right? And the difference is that Carpenter, I think he remained in in some ways sort of like a teenager or an early 20s sort of rebel fuck you guy. Yeah. And he's still kind of that, like, he's literally a guy that every studio now is like, hey, we'll give you money to make a movie. He's like, fuck off, I'm playing music, I'm doing concerts. Yeah, I'd rather have like, you know... You know, I'd rather have screaming crowds of people who actually dig my shit, man. Like, I don't need your crap anymore. Right. And and there's something to that rock star thing that he has, that mentality, that also let him go, yeah, I'm going to make a science fiction movie. I'll figure it out. Oh, you're <laughs> only going to give me $5 million to make it? Okay, I'll figure that out. Like, I'll make it work. There was, I don't think he ever let anything get in his way, including critics and the fucking audiences. Cause you know, the thing that, that people now don't understand is the thing was fucking reviled. That movie was yeah. a box office disaster. Yeah, the yeah. critics were the critics savage. I mean, <clears> fucking lost, savage that movie. He lost a big job, uh, Firestarter. Yes, he did. He was supposed to start right after that. And yep. Yeah. And by the way, isn't it great that we got the fire starter we got instead of no. John Carpenter's fire starter? No. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> no arguing. It's like, yeah. you know, I, I don't, I, never in a million years would have John Carpenter made poor Drew Barrymore go, back off, back off. Wouldn't have happened. It just would not have fucking happened. Um, it's no, it's, it's crazy. And look, by the way, Big Trouble in Little China, talking about taking a big swing, right? Uh -huh. And again, a movie that is beloved now. When it came out, oh my god! Yeah. There were people booing in the theater. I'm like, shut up, you moron! I mean, yeah. like, I'm sitting there. There's not, there's not one of his films I haven't thoroughly enjoyed, with, with one exception, the Chevy Chase Invisible Man movie. Oh, it's is not good. Probably the yeah. only one. <laughs> The rest of them, uh, I can I can watch over and over and over again. Yeah. And there's something I love about each yeah. one of them. So yeah. it's like, yeah. yeah. I actually still apologize for Ghosts of Mars. I do. <laughs> there's shit in that movie that works. Like it's yeah. uh, I, 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 I go it like the other night. I put it on uh, the other day at the studio, and uh, and you know, I remember it going. Oh, that's not what I you know. And right. then I watch it again. I'm like. Yeah, no, this is, yeah, this is like a decent it. little. Yeah. It's like a decent mid seventies exploitation movie. I get, exactly. it. I get this movie. Yeah, you know, it's like, but people have this perception of like, oh, they gave you, you know, three dollars to make this one versus the forty dollars you had for the last one. Oh, it's not as, it's not, it doesn't look as expensive. Why is that, John? I don't know, because we had no fucking money, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> 
you know, still got a movie on the screen, kids. You know, it's it's yeah, I I, I think Carpenter um I think Carpenter ultimately has a better batting average just because I think he was less hampered by worrying about where the next job was coming from. Right. And Wes didn't didn't think that way. Yeah. Right on. He worried about that next job. <laughs> right on. Legitimate concern, legitimate worry, but you know, that's just not Carpenter. Mm -hmm. Right. Right on. Well, we are going to go ahead and wrap this up because we've been talking for like an hour and a half. Love and it. I gotta go pick up my wife from work because our stupid <laughs> <laughs> car. we're down to one car. So I gotta go get her, get back here. We got Craig Mukler gonna be on the show later. He did microwave massacre. <laughs> oh, oh well, well, shit, man, cut us off quickly. <laughs> right. for that. Get, get yeah, on that great guy. I met him at um I met him at Cinema Wasteland. He said, Yeah, I'd love to do the show. And I was like, all right, oh, cool, man. man. So we're gonna talk about that later. Well, like seven on the live show. Love but it. I want to thank you guys so much for, for coming on and taking your time and getting this all together. Tell Deb I wish, no. that, you know, that she gets better and everything, everything's good. And, you know, we'd love to have her on, but, yeah. you know, unfortunately. But, um, guys, um, we're going to put a yeah, – Secret Santa, watch it. What, what is it playing on right now? Okay, so Secret Santa is uh, exclusively on Screenbox right now. Um, Screenbox became our, our partner in the project, which is amazing. They've been nothing but – I'm telling you, and 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 I know you got to run, but one quick thing. Oh, yeah, we're really, fine. I, mean, I, got, I got time. Cool. This is super important. It really is. Um, and it's something mm -hmm. that, that the three of us – because, you know, Skeleton Crew includes Bob and Marcy. Like, they yes. are Skeleton Crew. They are part of our team. And one of the one of the things that we're going through that everybody in the independent financing world is going through, all of us that make independent movies, we're all going through the same thing, which is what has happened and why we were on strike for the last eight months. Yes. Okay. Um, and why you're not going to get any new, you know, NCISs for a while, um, or Blue Bloods, or any of the shit on Netflix. Um, the reason you're not getting that stuff is because the system is simply broken. It's broken. Um, there is, I am going to festival of festivals. Secret Santa has been now to 28 festivals. Okay. We have won festivals. We've been to the, the, some of the biggest uh, international festivals in the world for horror, such as Fright Fest London, Fright Fest uh, uh, Glasgow. And this movie had not broken even. It's a $30,000 movie and it hadn't broken even. That's the marketplace right now because of streaming, because of the way things are set up. And I got to tell you something. Screenbox came in. We had been offered a ton of deals for Secret Santa. Everybody wanted the movie, right? No one wanted to pay for the movie. No <laughs> one actually, like, do what happened. And it, it's this concept of, like, well, you know, we have expenses. I'm like, we made a movie and you want to show it and make money from it. Like, how does this work, guys? Yeah. And here's the thing, because people are pirating, Secret Santa has been seen millions of times worldwide with nobody paying for it, okay? Because of the way things are, are working out right now, it's making it harder and harder and harder for us to be able to survive. Pretty soon, independent filmmaking has become a fucking hobby because no one's going to be able to survive. No one's going to be able to live making independent film. And by the way, an independent movie doesn't star Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. That's not a fucking indie, indie anymore. Right. That's a movie that has licensing. That's a movie that's pre-sold. That's a movie that's sold around the world to different territories. Those movies are protected. And by the way, I love those movies. I love Matt Damon. I love Ben Affleck. I love both those guys. What I'm saying is, is that for us to be able to make this kind of film, 
We need people like Screenbox. Screenbox came to us with an actual fucking deal. Not with some bullshit, with a minimum guarantee on the table where they treated us like partners. And I got to tell you, man, that is such a refreshing, like shocking thing when somebody actually talks to you the way it should go. <coughs> and not only that, last week, Screenbox put, put Secret Santa on Voodoo, on, uh, on Google Play, on uh, iTunes, on Amazon, on Amazon streaming. They put it everywhere for and are sharing the profits with Skeleton Crew. Absolutely. That's the only way that independent film can survive. That's it, man. So Screenbox is helping not only us, but it's helping our industry in this kind of, you know, rebel yell of like, this is what we got to do to save the independent film market and the independent film industry. It cannot be based on stars. There aren't any stars anymore. That's a, that's a failed system too. So the audience better start getting ready and being willing to support their, the, the smaller filmmakers and pay for the shit you watch, man. Right. Like pay for it. Don't, don't steal this shit. Yeah, see, I, I had a bunch of friends in the music industry and I, I won't illegally download anything because yep. of that. And now I have some friends in the, in the movie industry. So no, I, I definitely, I'll, I'll buy, they're like, why, why would you buy it? You can just download it. Fire sticks. Somebody stop that. The jail yeah. fire sticks make me crazy. Yeah. Well, fire stick is fine if you're using it to buy the stuff and not yeah, jailbreak it and right. steal the stuff. Right. Because exactly. you're like, why would you buy that? I can get you a fire stick. I said, I'm not going to do that. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not do that. Yep. You know, they, because here's the thing, guys. If everybody, if everybody keeps getting everything, you know, everybody jumped on Lars Ulrich back in the day. Over I was about to bring him up, but you were over an app, sir. But I'm like, Lars Ulrich. He was like, dude, we got our millions. This is for you. Yeah. I mean, I got to tell you, any kid out there right now who's considering film school, stop. Don't. You want to go you want to go to film school? Put your resume out and get a job. Get a job on a film set, be a PA, yep. be, be somebody who's not going to get paid shit and is going to be treated really lowest lowest man on the totem pole and that's okay. That's a better film school because Absolutely. don't put yourself in debt for that. That's not the way it works anymore, no, kid. Yeah. Get in the market. You learn so much more getting in various departments on a movie. Maybe juggling from department to department. Yeah. Decide yeah. what you want to do. If you want to work in camera, work in camera. If you yeah. want to work in effects, work in effects. But I wouldn't be directing without the my effects background and learning how a movie set works. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, thank God I didn't go to I, film I'm, school. And I'm absolute do that. proof of this so. because of starting out at 50. Mm -hmm. Just taking BTS videos and photography and and holding his glue and gluing things down or re-gluing things down or bloodying things up and doing that little bit to Haunting of Hill House. I worked with every single department coordinating everything that we had to do. And it's it's learning the ropes all the way around. Everybody works together, the teamwork and so on. And and Adam, your your Secret Santa was exactly that proof positive that just get your hands in it. And and I I tell kids that come to the table when when he's doing a convention, find your tribe, find your director, find your yeah. cameraman, whatever you want to do. You yeah. need to find your tribe and start making shit. Just get it done. 
it, it's not way, great to begin with, but just learn. You know? By the way, if I, when I went, and I went to film school, I went to NYU and, and it was awesome. I'm right. not going to say it wasn't a right. great experience. Right. It, was, right. it was amazing. But you want to know something? If I had had this. Exactly. Then, totally yeah. different era, different equipment available. Yes. Di different technology now. It's like. You can literally write, shoot, cut, and distribute all from the, this is a movie studio in everybody's pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. No right. one has excuses anymore. So just, you got to just go do it, but also be willing to pay for when other people do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so, um, so the film, like it's a, you can get it through Voodoo, Amazon, Screenbox, all this good stuff. Yeah. And um, you can order a physical copy from what is the website? SecretSanta.com. It's secretsantofthemovie.com and you can get you can get signed posters from Bob and Marcy and myself. You can get signed Blu-rays, DVDs. We've got all the merch you can handle on that on that site. So secretsantofthemovie.com. It's really good prices. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And again, you're 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 buying from the people who made the movie, which means the money right into the pockets of everybody who actually made the movie. Support Absolutely. the fellow artists, and when I say artists, it's just all of us, everybody, the crew. Yeah. Yes. Support it. Yes. yes. Yeah. Right on. All right. Well, thanks again, guys. I'm gonna end this. I'm gonna get out of here. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, and um, everybody, go check out Secret Santa. Thank you. Later, guys.